Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's hour number two of our show right here on SportsGrid and on SportsGrid.com and making mention of the great apps that you can also watch the show on for free. We have Pluto TV, Zumo TV, and Stir, and also plenty more to come. Make sure you check us out. And for those of you who don't know, some of the shows that we've had are actually live to tape, so you're seeing this show live as we record mm-hmm. them. Yep. But the other part of this uh, great extravaganza here at Sports Grid is coming up. we got a lot of special programming for you, and specifically, Joe, before we get into it, I know that we're going to have a ton of coverage for the NFL draft, and a little birdie told me that you perhaps know a little bit more uh, than I do about that. So before we cover some of the potential props here on FanDuel, and mm-hmm. I know next week they're expected to release a lot more, uh, tell us a little bit about what we can expect next week, because I know that you'll be on not just with me, yeah. uh, but also on the uh, the early line, the late yep. line, the middle line, Final the in-between line. line. Just the line <laughs> itself, exactly, any line. Um, yeah, we will uh, absolutely be rolling out a lot of uh, draft day, pre-draft day uh, coverage, obviously, and that first night, the opening round Thursday night. Um, we've got a lot of very special, uh, you know, live programming that we're going to do live during the draft, uh, not only day one, but Friday, day two. So we are going to have a, uh, a lot of uh, very special programs that are geared straight up for the, uh, the draft coming up. So uh, live and maybe even a couple of side bets among the, uh, the hosts Sweet. here as, uh, as we go along, too. So a lot of, uh, a lot of information uh, will be released here coming up this week. So stay tuned for it. And for those of you who, of course, are living in New Jersey and mm-hmm. some of the other states where it is legal, you can yep. log on to the FanDuel Sportsbook. They already have yep. uh, probably about 20 or 30 uh, uh, draft props that are up right now. And I know that there's going to be some more, I'm sure, on all the individual players, too, Yep. Uh, by the time that we get to next week. And we'll dive into those as well. We'll have our previews. Still a little, a little bit out from that, but we thought that we could dive into it a little bit more. The NFL draft is, as Joe mentioned, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the three-day extravaganza, provided that nothing changes, which, of course, you never know in right. this wacky world that we live in now. But that's the expectation for next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So one of the, the interesting pages on mm-hmm. the FanDuel Sportsbook pertain to a lot of the over-unders as far as how many players from the individual colleges will go in round one. Now, I looked at about, I think there were five or six of them, but I got to tell you, Joe, a lot of them were either minus 230 or plus 300 or plus 400. And to me, you're just throwing darts at that point because you really don't know. So what I tried to do is I tried to pick out two where the odds weren't weren't that extravagant and it made it somewhat feasible. Like, I'm not betting anything that's minus 200 or... Uh, you know, I mean, you could always take a shot at a plus 300, plus 400. I'm not saying that you, you couldn't. Like but, betting you know, the Yankees every game last. Like, yeah, I ain't yeah. betting minus 250, guys. It ain't yeah, happening. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, on a baseball game, yeah, anything can happen. But in this particular case, they're smart, and, yes. and they're not out to lose. Right. So uh, I thought that we would dive into at least two schools that I thought that we could have a debate about because it did seem feasible on both sides, and mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, guaranteed one way or the other. And, of course, Whenever you're betting, you want to be able to build your narrative for both sides. Because if you're just building the narrative for the side that you want and you lose and you really haven't found your full explanation as to how it could go the other way, that's a big part of what you want to do. So, um, Joe, I I, I thought that we would start with with the team that had the most options potentially in the first round, which is the Alabama Crimson Tide. So if you you wouldn't mind, let's start there. Okay. This is available on the FanDuel Sportsbook, of course. And uh, it is total Alabama players drafted in the first round. And FanDuel has the number at five and a half mm-hmm. minus 112, which is which honestly, look, I mean, that's like a standard bet at minus 110, minus 115. That's fine. But it clearly is leaning toward the under at minus or plus 112. That should say plus 112. So uh, I, I'm seeing it wrong. My eyes are bad. So over over five and a half is plus one twelve. Excuse me. Right. Under five and a half is minus one forty two. Okay. So both of these bets seem uh, somewhat feasible, Joe, because right. I could see it one way or the other. So let's let's dive into this a little bit more as to the thinking, the thought process behind this. Okay. Okay. So we know that Tua is definitely a first round pick. That's correct. 
We know that Jedrick Willis is definitely a first-round pick. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. We know that Jerry Judy, their great wide receiver, although mm -hmm. whether or not he'll be the first receiver in the draft now seems to be somewhat in question, we also know that he's definitely a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. uh, Henry Ruggs, after the great combine that he had, he was, again, a second-round pick before his combine. And his that's correct. Pro day. He has moved himself into every single mock draft in the first round that I've that's seen. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this is where it gets a little bit dicey. And I by the way, the reason is, guys, he's faster than Tyreek Hill. So just, I'm, we'll leave it at that. It, it's, it's just for 140. It's, it's ridiculous it's how yeah, quick he right. is. Yes. So he, so every mock, and, and again, I looked at this before the show, every mock has Tua, Willis, Judy, and Ruggs in the first round. Some of them have Ruggs at the end of the first round, but he's yes. in every single one he's of them. He's every one of them. Yep. So may, and, and a lot of times, people are wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and and things can go sideways over the course of a draft. We know that, but for the most part, it looks like at the very least, Alabama is getting four in That's the first correct. round. Yep. But mm -hmm. now, um, the other box that I looked at, Xavier McKinney. Absolutely. He's in some first rounds. He's in a couple I did not see him mm -hmm. taken. In, uh, and, and also, uh, Trevon Diggs. I saw him in some. Mm -hmm. I did not see him in others. So, I would ask you, Joe, is it just straight riding the minus 142 and going the under here and assuming that the four that we named in addition to one of the other two gets in and it's under five and a half or do all six of these Alabama players get in and by the way if I forgot another player please give them to me because these right. are the only ones that I saw in the first and early second round. right 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 you have um I love McKinney I think he's there and I think in every even in a lot of mock drafts, they've got McKinney, who is the best safety, I think, uh, on top of everyone's list here. Uh, last year alone, guys, he had 95 tackles, three sacks, four forced fumbles, three interceptions. He returned one for a touchdown, 85 yards, five pass uh, breakups, and five quarterback carries. He is, without a doubt, the best safety in this class. The problem is he is slated to go in that bottom half of the first round. And you and I both know craziness and it's ironic that his teammate Tua holds the keys to this draft uh, because there are a significant amount of mock drafts that have Tua dropping outside of the top 10 and if that goes there could be a lot of shuffling and guys being available um, that some teams might not have accounted for and then it comes down to those final six or seven picks where Who's going to take a safety num with the number one? Is it worth it? He certainly is the best one on the board, but there is some question if whether or not he is first-round talent, and if he is, he's going to be in the bottom in the half, or is he going to be top of day number two? So, again, two of controls really what's going to happen in this draft, but I still only count five. But okay. you also have Alabama known linebackers, Right, defensive linemen. There is going to be a team, maybe that's in that bottom, that also goes. I can't. I'm not going to sit on an Alabama defensive player. I'm going to go out and get him, uh, even if he's slated for early round two. Let me go up and get my guy from Nick Saban in Alabama. That's how the right. draft goes. Right. Uh, Buffalo Bills are a possibility yes. um, for Diggs. Uh, the final, the final yep. name that we mentioned here, yep. Green Bay Packers, in the first round. Yep. Is, uh, is another team, and also uh, the Minnesota Vikings as well. So We got four for sure. I, we I definitely mean, we, we have got four. four. Yeah, we definitely have four. But yep. it seems as though if we're going to do anything, we take a, a, a stab at this and go over and go plus money. Right. I, I, listen, five and a half is it's tough. That's a tough number, man. That is a tough number because even if McKinney goes – you're well, gonna then, have, then, then we're in. We got Tua, Willis, Judy, Riggs, McKinney, Diggs. That's six. Yeah, you're gonna need Diggs to go there, and then you're gonna oh, run of course, out of spots yeah. at the end, and that's the problem. Yeah. So oh, it's gotta happen. It's at a the good. End. It, it's a good number. Yep. It's it's a solid number. Yep. Uh, ironically, the only other team in this mm -hmm. that that has a lower minus number and a and a not as high as a plus is uh, is Georgia of yes. all the teams. Like, yeah. And looking at some of these others, it's like not even a fun discussion because mm -hmm. again, I'm not. Unless I'm rolling out with, like, my dart throw pick, like, my long shot pick. That's right. the only way to, to really review these in the right way. But Georgia, at the very least, gives you some decent options. Okay. So so it's the same thing in looking at Alabama. Again, you can go to the FanDuel Sportsbook online, and you can see these, uh, you know, very easily. And, by the way, no matter where you live, you can still check out the FanDuel Sportsbook online. It doesn't yes. make a difference where you live. You just can't bet unless you're in the state where it's legal. 
Uh, Georgia's total amount of players drafted in the first round is a very low number. The total is one and a half. Mm-hmm. And if this goes over, which it could, the number is minus 176 in layman's terms. For those of you who, I mean, obviously you're watching Sports Grid, so you should know this, but you're yeah. basically risking $176 to win 100 And on the under, it's one and a half, so you're risking 100 to win 138 And so... I mean, I can't see any way, Joe, that this isn't an over. So I don't I don't ever love laying a number like this on a money line, a minus 170. Right. But I, I'm trying to find a way that one player goes from Georgia in the first round. Andrew Thomas is going in the first round. Yes, I he mean, is. That's, that's established. He's yes. a top 20 pick. Now, Andrew Thomas is not in the top two or three. Yes. Like everyone said he was three months ago. Like that has changed. He's fallen a little bit, but he's still going to be in the top 10 or top 20 for sure. DeAndre Swift to me is going in the first round. Yes. I mean, I, every single mock draft I see, he's in the first round. And by the way, none of them in the last three or four picks. That's correct. All of them is a top 20. Yep. And, yeah. and that's all you got to get to yep. go over on this. And Jake Fromm, there's, you know, look, there's some mocks I see him in the first, there's some mocks I see him in the fourth. Yes. Know? Like, I mean, it's he's all over the map here. But, Joe, over is the only way that I could even consider going here. And so I know that doesn't bring a lot of value because, no. again, you're laying 176. But that's what – I can't go another way. Well, let me I, tell you this way, guys. I mean, to, to give you an idea of what's going on, the NFL has invited three Georgia players the first night in the virtual draft to be a part of the show. Okay. So these three? The NFL is, is three. Andre, uh, Andrew Thomas, DeAndre Swift, and Jake Fromm have all okay. been invited to the virtual draft, meaning they're going to be ready to if somebody does pick them. So the NFL is telling you right there, we're going to be ready for three. I think there's going to be a possibility of Georgia having the single most draft picks um, of anybody, of any school this year. When you go down the in list the, of in the guys. Seven, one through seven? One through seven. I think okay. there's going to be at least 10 guys um, wow. drafted from Georgia. You still also, don't forget, Blankenship, the kicker, uh, is probably going to go somewhere along those lines in the later drafts. Um, Fromm is going to go somewhere. Somebody's going to take a shot with him. I don't know where, uh, but somebody's going to take a shot. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, another offensive tackle on that team. Big, big boy there. Um, you got a couple of guys, uh, of course, on the defensive side of the ball also. Solomon Kinley's another guy, the offensive guard that uh, a lot of guys are looking at. I think you can have two off the board by the 15th pick. Has that. Wow. I think you might have two Georgia players and at least 10 throughout the draft uh, coming from Georgia. Maybe even more than LSU and Alabama and Clemson, who are going to have a boatload. I mean, this is a first-rounder. Uh, to me, there's no doubt you got to take the over in this. I know it's a little chalky, but there is no Very way chalky. you can't uh, go with the over one and a half. I know it's a little chalky. I, I, but, I agree. There's no scenario. I would but they go invited on. three. They invited three guys from Georgia just to yeah, be a part of night look, one. And listen, strange things happen. Right. There's no, there's no guarantees. But, but they're, basically... Every single mock draft that you can find online would have to be wrong. Every single one. And I'm not talking about getting the picks and the players right with the teams that they're associated with. You're just talking about strictly first round. Yes. And I and I gotta tell you, and even for me, aside from Andrew Thomas, and look, there are, you know, Dobbins is a good running back for sure. Taylor, yep. another good running back. I may like Swift more than all of them. Yes. So I mean, every every mock that I see, he goes in the top 25. I don't see anybody taking him from 25 to 32. I think is it is it 32? 32. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any of that. It's all top. Tw- it's all in the top 20. Yeah, I, and and listen, I mean Georgia is. I think the amount of offensive linemen that they have that have projected either one first round or second round, and that's what we're really talking about. We're not talking about third round talent going in the first round or or anything like that. We're talking right. about. Offensive linemen, just as big a need for so many teams, especially at the bottom of that draft, where if you're going to take a flyer uh, at the bottom of that draft, and that's really what you're doing once you get down from like 25 to 32, I'm going to go with an offensive lineman that's projected to go in the second round anyway because I don't want anybody else getting them. So I I do think there could be two offensive linemen from Georgia, even without Swift uh, in the picture, that go in this draft in the first round. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting, and mm-hmm. um, you know, going back to uh, Tua for a minute. Uh, over the weekend, Lee Steinberg, his agent, Lovely. appeared on a, a number of different talk shows, Lovely. Uh, just just essentially saying that <laughs> you know Tua was a hundred percent healthy, and and he's perfectly fine. How many people I mean, know that that, uh, that uh, Jerry Maguire was based off of Lee? I don't know. A lot of people realize that Jerry. Yeah, Ma- you know, there was a debate about that. That uh, you know, Drew Rosenhaus says it was about him, and Lee Steinberg oh, says it was about him. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going with uh, with Lee there, who is. Uh, he's it's been not been great for Lee Steinberg over the last couple of years. He's fallen. Oh, he's under. had a complete renaissance all, yeah. of his whole life. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he was gone from being an agent, and yep. then like I mean, remember he he was the he was Tiger's Super guy. Bowl party. Yeah, yep, he was Tiger's guy. I was guy. invited to his Super Bowl parties every single year, and then yep. boom, it was like he wasn't around. Yep. Um, yep. And you notice but, the guys that are breaking all of these stories on Tua, they're all. 20-year, well-respected. They're all guys that have been around the neighborhood. You know what I mean? So he's got some juice, good old Lee, and he's using it right now to let everybody know Tua is healthy. Yeah, and look, Lee always was kind of still back in the game. Yes. But the game-changing player that he ended up getting two years or three years ago was Patrick Mahomes. Of course. And, And the fact that he's got Mahomes and now Tua also puts him right back into into a great position because if I'm not mistaken Steinberg was known as as the quarterback guy right like correct. wasn't he the one that had all of those yep. uh, quarterbacks for many many years and yep. he, he listen NFL he held Tiger there. when during that whole breakup with his I mean Lee Stein, he was Tiger's guy and he was the one that helped navigate that whole image debacle going on there uh, at the uh, when things started to go wrong for Tiger so he's been around the game a long time and uh yeah, Mahomes gave him a second life. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and yep. having that guy is, I mean, I, I suppose if there was one player right now that you could say, who would you want to be the agent of for the next 10 years in the NFL? Yep. Maybe, maybe in all of sports? Yep. I Mike find Trout, it fascinating. Mike Trout's got his doing. contract already, you know? Re- so. You realize the top two guys in the draft, Burrow and Chase Young, we have heard squat about Nothing. from anybody all but fake stories basically That's tua it. is whoo good job yeah. lee steinberg yeah he's, he's really put his name out there in a big way yep. all right coming up next is time for us to take our historical look at stadiums and the Ooh. players that played there we got a college football stadium and actually an off-the-cuff baseball just kind of went off the grid today Ooh. to go back to a historical baseball stadium as well so we'll try it out we'll see how it goes Right here on Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. We're here every Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you catch Joe on the early line every single day as well in the morning here on Sports Grid with Dane Martinez. Coming up a little bit later, we have Pharrell Coast to Coast. Make sure you stay tuned uh, for that as well. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Michelot with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. It is a Monday, so it's time to dive deep into the archives. Mm. And look back and find some of the historic stadiums and teams and players that played in them. And I could say that, honestly, Joe, by the time we get to the end, whenever the end is of this pandemic, we are both going to have a very good understanding as to the greatest stadiums of all time and the players that played in them in a way that we never thought that we would. The unfortunate part is that uh, I I don't know that we can do this for two more months, but... I guarantee we can do it for another month if we have to. Oh, absolutely. I got enough to be able to get it done. Listen, we got enough. We can start doing Division Two. We can go Division D3. Two. We can real. I mean, great state. And we can real. We got plenty of material. We can do this for a couple of months. We're, we're All right. good to go. The old old spring training That's stadiums. That's right. That's right. Exactly. High school fields. Got it. We got this thing, man. We got Long, must I- watch. Long Island baseball. That's right? correct. Best. Yeah. Top 100. Absolutely. We got this. Best athletes of all time. Long Island, wow. Ah. 
Future show idea, right? Did you get? Yep. Did you get those? Did you ever get those cards from over the weekend? I you... do, and I've got uh, I got a little something, uh, got a little surprise coming for you here this week. So oh, um, awesome! I can't wait. Yep, putting uh, putting a little something something together for you here from the baseball card collection. I cannot wait. Let mm-hmm. me know what that is. Yep, uh, it'll be fun. Was about that. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I know that I'm going to get being uh, be accused as a homer. But for those of you who watch Sports Grid and watch Fantasy Sports Today, and you know me and you know I went to the University of Florida, we've been doing this for almost three weeks now, and I waited three weeks to bust out the Florida Gators, okay? So it wasn't the first stadium I did. It wasn't even the first college stadium I did. In fact, we did Notre Dame in Michigan before we even got to, and the University of Miami before we even got to Florida. So cut it out. I'm not being a homer here. It's just there is a lot of tradition, a lot of history in Gainesville, Florida for Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. This was so, the first stadium he had done. Oh, stop! <laughs> we this waited one was a already, long time. This one was already in the books here, guys. He had to come up with the other ones, but this one was already done. Trust me. This was the first one I wanted. <laughs> Joe's like... Listen, there is nothing. What is it? Ben something. Ben, yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a crazy... The swamp is crazy. Absolutely it's crazy. It is yep. It's yep. Nuts. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, Florida Field, the Swamp, opened up in 1930. Home of, of course, the Florida Gators, home of some good Tom Petty concerts, yep. home of Gator Growl as well. And in terms of college football championships, uh, they won three. Uh, one of them was led by uh, 1996 in a very strange season where Florida beat Florida State during the regular season, and then they played in the Nokia Sugar Bowl and beat them for the national championship mm-hmm. game. Yep. And, and then the other two championships, as you know, Joe, were uh, led by Tim Tebow. So yes. that's kind of how uh, Florida went. But look, I have clearly a ton of memories and a ton of experience going to these games, Joe. And I will tell you that my college experience was pretty wild because the first year I go up to the University of Florida. I graduate high school in 1991. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I had been to the stadium, and I went to the, what was called the Orange and Blue game. And me and my buddies were getting ready to go to our first game. It's Florida and Alabama. And remember, we're living on campus, so we're walking to the game. Yep. And four fans are there. They're older gentlemen, probably as old you know as, as we are right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And it's 1991. One-ish. I think it's 1991 or 1992. I think it's 91. Yep. And the four guys go, hey, are you guys going to the game? And remember, we have season tickets. We're students. I, I, I'll i maybe get a screenshot for us for in the future for a okay. ticket. ticket. The tickets were $2. Wow. And they say, we'll give you $100 a ticket. Whoa. $100 a ticket for a college kid. Me and my buddies look at each other. We take that $400. We walk the other way. That's it. We go get a bunch of drinks, we get a bunch of wings, and we watch that Florida-Alabama game at home. Wow. And that's how my first experience began going to Gator games. Now, in four years, I would say I probably went to, uh, you know, 15, 20 games, something like that. Because we were, look, I'm not, I wasn't selling tickets for. Right, all the time. But it was so shocking at that time to be able to get $100 for a ticket that was two dollars or four or something like that. Yep. And uh, and and Florida annihilated Alabama. It was a different day clearly at that time. But this was the Spurrier era, and and that was my first experience there. But I had I you know went to many games there clearly. But the passion Joe for for the alumni of the University of Florida, like these yes. Bull Gators, is just insane. So. Yes. Yeah. Always the amazing thing to me was that. Um, not an ounce of alcohol served at this stadium here, guys. No, uh, no. Brought in. Campus. A lot of ounces brought in. Brought in, but not served at there. And uh, yeah. having having gone to the Orange Bowl and then going there, it's a even Florida State for that matter was a totally different experience altogether. Yeah, it is. Yep. And, and in August, September, you and a hundred thousand people just standing next to each other, just sweating like you have no idea. Correct. And uh, but a lot of fun. Like yes. some of my, my favorite days going there. Yeah, the most sober stadium I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh. All right. Iconic players uh, at, for the Gators. Uh, this is you know pretty open and shut case here. And uh, you know it is true. I mean Miami. We went through Miami. Miami had a lot more iconic players than Florida. It's, it's definitely true. Maybe not over the last ten years or twenty years, but we, we need to do an entire 
segment on the 2015 Florida Gator football players and put that list together, shall we? Yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, we start off with Steve Spurrier, their head coach for many years, also the Heisman Trophy Award winner mm -hmm. in 1966. Uh, Jack Youngblood, yep. arguably the best defensive player the Gators have ever had, college football Hall of Famer, pro football Hall of Famer with the yep. Los Angeles Rams. Not many people remember that Youngblood played for Florida. They didn't win a lot, but he was on those teams as well. Uh, Wes Chandler, who played mm. with Dan Fouts and the San Diego Chargers for a long time, was an amazing college football player at Florida as well. Uh, Emmett Smith comes in mm -hmm. just before Steve Spurrier gets there. They're on probation. He's the most dominant player on the team and, uh, and, and ends up leaving a year early. A lot of people thought he was going to stay, yep. Florida, but he left and, and bailed on Spurrier. And then in 1991, the Gators ended up winning the SEC uh, with Spurrier there, but without Emmett Smith, he goes to the, of course, the first round to the Dallas Cowboys. Danny Werfel, for four years, was uh, as exciting a quarterback to watch in college. An yes, underachiever from New Orleans who uh, ends up winning the Heisman Trophy, ends up bringing the Gators to a championship, really didn't have an NFL career at all. In fact, his NFL career was mostly highlighted by playing preseason games with Steve Spurrier for the Washington Redskins. That's correct. And, uh, and then closing it out, of course, we have Tim Tebow. And, and Tim Tebow, widely accepted as the greatest college football player of all time. It, people say that, that Tim Tebow was the single greatest college football quarterback, at the very least quarterback of mm. all time. Um, two championships, and clearly the championships that they didn't win when he was there uh, was not his fault. So it was the yes. fault. So and and I did go to uh, all of the Gators championships. I went to uh, Florida's championship against Florida State mm -hmm. Sugar Bowl. I went to Florida's championship against Ohio State in the mm -hmm. Fiesta Bowl, where Chris Leak was the quarterback. Tebow was just the guy that would come in and run every once in a while and throw yep. a pass. Uh, and Percy Harvin was on those teams too, oh. and then and then Florida beat Oklahoma for the championship mm -hmm. right here in South Florida in the Orange Bowl as well. So Aaron Hernandez, Percy Harvin, the Pouncey brothers, Joe yep. Hayden, Brandon Spikes, guys, Riley Cooper, and a very young Cam Newton waiting in the wings is what yeah, you were looking at. And they yeah. threw it because he stole a laptop, and that's then he right. went to Auburn. It was it, but he was there. I that's a ridiculous. So was that coaching staff too? You had Charlie Strong, that's Mullen right. was on that uh, staff. I mean, it was Dazio was there. Dazio was, was there. Yeah, yeah, that was just you want to talk about stacking the deck, guys. And the best part is, and I, you know, when you went to school. It was. That's when Florida, Florida State, and Miami were all playing each other every year, oh, correct? Oh, sure. And they, yeah. they were all really good. And they were all and, at the top. Yep. And, yep. and people still ask me to this day, like, you know, Florida, right now, uh, the days of the, the Florida, Florida State game, they're, right. they're still big. There's no question about it. But what has happened is the growth and the strength of the SEC has really made that Florida-Florida State game not nearly as big as that's it correct. used to be. I mean, yep. winning the SEC now is everything, Joe. Yep. I mean, that's that's all that mattered. Back then, it was cool to win the SEC. I mean, it was it was fine. It was, yeah. But but Florida, the Florida-Florida State game was by far the biggest game. Out of conference games, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, and now, yep. it just doesn't have the same cachet, not yep. even close. It used to be the tailgate of all tailgates was those, those, three, those three teams playing each other in the 90s like oh, that was sure. just... Nothing. And, like and don't it. get me wrong. Look, Florida played Miami last year. Um, you know, Florida won that game easily. Right. But, but, but I, I, look, the teams all have to be good to have a strong rivalry. That yes. is just true for all of sports. That's correct. And people always say, "Oh, throw it all out when it's a rivalry game." Well, not when the two teams are five and seven in college football. That's Nobody correct. really cares. Good point. If two teams are bad. In baseball, too, if the Yankees and Red Sox both aren't great, nobody cares. Cubs and, the and Yankees Cardinals aren't, aren't great. for a while. Nobody it sucked. Yeah, that's right. right. Yep. So it's it's not that much fun. But when two teams are great and they're actually going through it, that's what really adds to the equation. And now Florida's rivalries with LSU and and um, mm -hmm. with Tennessee. And, and it, the Tennessee game, by the way, Joe, that game was a huge game every year. Also Tennessee's huge. been yep. terrible for that's the last correct. 20 years. Yep. And, and that went away as well. So... It's just interesting how, how time has changed. I personally think, and and Florida had a very short window of a dip under Jim McElwain, but right. Dan Mullen has brought them back. Yep. Now the question is, what happens to Florida State? Mm -hmm. And and honestly, what happens to the University of Miami? Because yes. 
Uh, you know, Florida State seems like they're now headed back in the in the in the right direction, but they took a huge dip, and all of the promises from Manny Diaz at Miami really were just unfounded last year. That team was brutal. A lot more. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we all realize why. Uh... The old coach uh, stepped aside there. Unexpected. Yeah, Rick was yeah. kind of walked away. It was like, this is not. Uh, Must be. I don't know yeah. what other reason it could have been. Because yeah. A lot of strange. infighting there. A lot, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there. But it, listen, even with uh, Florida State, now they got a new coach. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting uh, to see exactly how that clearly Florida is yeah. on the way up right now and of the three florida is yeah. the team yeah and norville welcome norville home was, mullen yeah and norville yeah. i think was the coach of memphis and he'll run yes uh, that that wild offense yep. now at fsu which is what every team those in athletes the country is doing. exactly yep, yep. Uh, which is what they should have done but as soon as jimbo fisher left the thing just went right in the tank you didn't pick a coach for florida by the way i'm shocked that you didn't have one of the uh who's the uh, all-time uh spurrier in there you put spurrier over uh well spurrier Urban played Meyer. there too didn't he yeah, I don't usually put coaches in here, but Urban Meyer, you know, gets a lot of credit, but you know, he clearly quit on the Gators to go take it, the Ohio oh, State job, oh, and now he's out. You know, well, no, he had health reasons. Be real, be nice. He, Mary had some. He couldn't um, uh, breathe, I think, because the NCAA they wanted to know where the bodies were buried, and he didn't want to put them. Down. I'm just saying. And then uh, Ohio he's State, gonna, he'll be the head coach of USC after the year's over. We both oh, got to find that prop, man. Got to find that prop, bet. I'm That's in. The easiest one ever. I'm in. <laughs> Clay oh, Hilton, you think he's going to survive another year there? Yeah, That's I don't. It. I'm shocked he even survived last All right. year. Uh, <laughs> iconic players at Florida that we missed. I have my list. Is there, uh, I got Chris Collinsworth. Wow, I completely forgot he played there. Wow, very nice. Chris Collinsworth, Wilbur yep. Marshall, yep. who won a uh, Super Bowl with the Giants. Yep. I got Fred Taylor. Yeah, Fred Taylor was. <laughs> I got Eric Rett. Also. Uh, Neil Anderson, another running back, mm -hmm. played for Florida, then played for uh, yep. the Bears. Yep. And then, listen, if I had to go one more player, I would have went with Percy Harvin. Oh, yeah. Who, had he not had migraines, would still be in the NFL right now. Yes. Like that, that guy was unstoppable in college. And yep. basically, for the first two years of his NFL career, Yep. It was unstoppable too, but those. But he was also nuts, but yes, yeah, he was. Uh, he was a few fries short of a happy meal, but but, but he he had that speed that you're talking about with like rugs now yep. and Tyree. He was like Tyree Kill that's before correct. Tyree Kill. Yep. But every time this dude got hit in the head, it was like, yeah, the Pouncey was... brothers too were great. I mean that yeah. whole. Well, all, and Joe Hayden in the back, like geez, yeah. like come on. So, yeah, no, it's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous the yep. amount of players that, that Urban Myers uh, yep. put out there. And I think that he'll probably, uh, we'll probably see some of those with Ryan Day now at Ohio State. Yes. Some of those guys. Uh, it's all about recruiting, guys. It's all it is in college football. Yeah. All right. Let's get to um, our iconic baseball stadium Ooh. today. It is Comiskey Park. Mm. And they opened up in 1910, closed in 1990. Why are we doing Comiskey Park? Why not? We'll talk about the White Sox. No one yep. talks about them. Uh, World Series championship only with them, Joe, in 1917. Uh, of course, they move out of old Comiskey Park. They move into new Comiskey Park, which is now called Guaranteed, Guaranteed Rate Field. Right. And uh, you know we can you know basically look at the White Sox as the stepchild of the Cubs. The Cubs were always the more popular team. The White Sox were the better team, but that always didn't matter because people still love the lovable Cubs, even though they lost so much. But uh, White Sox had some uh, pretty good players, too. Some Hall of Famers as well. Yes, they did. Yep. Joe Jackson at the top. The Black Sox scandal, clearly. But one of the great players of all time that will never be in the Hall of Fame because of the uh, gambling, cheating scandal, throwing yep. the game. Uh, Nellie Fox, 13 years on the White Sox. Several Gold Gloves. Hall of Famer as well. Yep. Louis Aparicio at shortstop is known as one of, you know, basically before Ozzie Smith and Omar Vizquel was known as the best defensive shortstop of all time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aparicio played for many years with them. Carlton Fisk signed a free agent contract to play with the White Sox going away from the Red Sox and ended up playing with them for a decade. Uh, Harold Baines mm -hmm. is kind of considered Mr. White Sox. A little, a little controversy over him getting into the Hall of Fame, though, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, but was a designated hitter and outfielder as well. And then I put Frank Thomas here on this list, Joe, even though Frank Thomas well only, done. He only played a couple of years uh, at this field, and then he played a lot of years at their, uh, their new Comiskey Park. So 
No Greg uh, Lazinski? Come on. Uh, no Greg. No uh, the bull. No bull. Uh, I got missed players from that era, 80s. Uh, Bobby Figpen. Yes. Uh, Ozzie Guillen was also their manager. That's a good Ozzie. point. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And uh, and Minnie Minoso also uh, you know, kept retiring, kept coming back to play. He played in the 60s, the yep. 70s, the 80s, good I think call. the 50s as well. Yep. So um, not going to spend too much time on the White Sox today, but there you have it. Yep. Love that. Yeah, no, the White Sox had some error. And then you had the, the era after that with Canerico and those guys too as well. Yeah, World Series in 05. Yep. We get to, well, maybe we'll get to that stadium. We'll yes. cover that team too. Good thing. All right, we'll take we a quick time out. <laughs> we got a long way to go with stadiums. Yeah. This is Fantasy Sports Woo. Today. We'll come back. We got one more segment for our uh, two-hour show, and then we'll wrap it up for the Monday. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mitchell along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. We got you all week long, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Thanks so much for everyone tuning in and staying close to us as we're trying to entertain you. And without sports, it does become a little bit different difficult. I thought we were going to have, uh, Joe, a UFC fight to watch. Yep. You know, this coming week, that's out the window. And I guess it's, is it essentially, it's, it's baseball overseas. It's horse racing and then, like, the ping pong stuff, right? Like, the wacky stuff, more or less? Correct. That's, uh, yep, yep. Uh, some handball, some uh, some cricket, some snooker. Uh, we got a lot uh, a lot happening there around the world. And, and hopefully, and listen, it was a good news, guys. We had Taiwan baseball and the professional yes, Chinese league um, is underway. No fans. I mean, we, you know... We showed you a clip of what that looks like, guys, and I can tell you right now, it looks a little scary here. There's nobody in it, but you know what? There's a guy crossing home plate in a game that matters, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm all right with that. Not a lot of social distancing going on here as they congratulate him, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm good with that. Why not? Yeah, yep. yeah I, mean, I mean, listen, we hope to get to that point where, mm-hmm. where, we, where we don't even have to you know, sort of worry about that, and essentially it's just protecting the fans from themselves. That's almost, correct. It almost seems like uh, at this point. Uh, it was interesting. My, I did my for, Over the weekend, I did my first grocery delivery to my house. Oh. I've, I've never had that before. And? And it, I thought it went pretty well. Very you nice. Know, I th- we, we ended up getting, like, the majority of the stuff that we asked for. Mm-hmm. The, the shopping was relatively quick. And, and what's interesting to me, Joe, is that a lot of people have used these services even before yes. all, all this happened. But I, I've always been the kind of person that when I'm going to go food shopping, I, I will, I, you know, I, that ex- I don't love the food shopping experience, mm-hmm. but I like the, I, I've always liked the idea of me getting like what I wanted. Yes. And now that this has happened, I wonder if I'll still use this. I may still use this even yep. after this is over because it just, you know, it removes a hassle essentially. And of the thought of, oh my, cause you know, I have kids every once in a while. Oh my gosh, we don't have bread for lunch tomorrow. Yep. or We don't have milk for something. And if we like, you know, you just type it in, you put it in and they, you know, text right back and forth right. with you. And then within a couple of hours, you got all the food. Yeah. I had, so uh, when Amazon first started with that, I think it would whole foods and they had their own, um, uh, network still there. Do. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. And I said, all right, let me see what this is all about. And, um, you know, sure enough, but the problem was I always found myself, I would do it and then I'd forget items, you know, whereas opposed to when oh, you go right. there, there, that's a great point. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm always walking up down. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, we need that. And I just, I ended up forgetting a lot of stuff. And I'm like, this is all right now. This is because I end up, I was trying to save myself the trip. But because I didn't remember everything that I had to go anyway, I'm like, all right, this is stupid. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah that's funny they mentioned that because there was yep. a couple of things that I forgot. Yep. I'll tell you specifically. I forgot to get cereal. Yeah, <laughs> see, there you go. I forgot to get cereal. I'm not a huge cereal guy. In fact, I would say I never have cereal. But mm-hmm. now that I'm just 
In fact, I don't usually eat much of a breakfast. I usually just have something just and then go. Right. But now that there's no going, it's like, oh, I'll just sit down and have a bowl of cereal. So I've like got, gotten back into cereal a little bit again. All right. But I don't have any. That's it. Zero. No more buffets at Roger Dean, man. No more. I know. Yeah. It's all gone. It stinks. <laughs> and then the other thing is that I'm not a huge energy drink guy. Okay. But I will enjoy a Red Bull okay. every once in a while. I would say I try to limit it to – I have a cup of coffee every day in the morning. And then okay. I would try to limit my Red Bull intake to like three days a week maybe. Right, right, right. One a day. For like three days a week, sometimes four, if it mm -hmm. really gets to that point. I'm very careful about it because I don't want to be on energy drinks all the time. And it's, by the way, the little ones, too, the eight-ounce drinks. Yes. And I bought enough to get me through like another week or two, but I probably I, I screwed up. And yeah. I probably should have thought about it because now I'm going to – here I am in a week or two, I'm going to be ordering more. Yes. Well, it's not a bad way to go, too, and actually it was a um, good way to go about getting uh, some toilet paper and uh, uh, paper towels. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you sign up at the right time, they'll eventually put you on a list and a delivery time and everything right. else, but it's, you know, um, you know, I've had a case of paper towels delivered, so I'm like, all right, you know, we're good here for another two months. We're, are you uh, an energy drink guy? How are you getting through these days? Well, all these oh, I'm a coffee guy, so yeah, I do. Just keep uh, pounding coffee. Yeah, I can do the coffee all uh, all day, and then I'll mix it up with iced coffee. Then back. How many cups coffee. a day are you on? Uh, I do usually three or four cups of uh, hot. I'll do a couple of espressos, and then mix in uh, mix in a, a nice coffee or two. Every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Every like day. I'm, I, I gotta tell you, I would, I would, I'm all over that. I would love to do it. Yeah. I have, I haven't had to do it, but now with the kids home, it's like I gotta be on like all the time yes yeah the espresso so. machine is definitely that great midday um oh man yeah, yeah. one of those two little nepresso yeah. just got drop it in hit the button and uh, a couple of a uh, couple of double espressos will get I, you going i know it's a bad sign that sometimes i'll i'll have a red bull like now later in the day let's right. say three four o'clock and I'll, I'll go to sleep on time that's when i know that things mm -hmm. are bad like because yeah. usually when i have that red bull i'm just like yeah. good for yeah, I tried that the first couple of times when it came out. It all gives you wings. So, of course, I was drinking that with vodka. And I'd be so smashed, but I couldn't go to sleep. And I was just like, I felt three times up. worse the next day. I'm like, this it sucks. Does. I'm like, this is terrible. Who, who drinks this it stuff? It does. It does. Keeps you up. No, listen. <laughs> no, it's not good. What, what, kind of, what kind of coffee do you drink, by the way? What, what, what's your um, pleasure? I know I got the uh, the pods. I love Dunkin' Donuts. I'm a D and D guy. I don't I don't mind uh, that at all. But I do love uh, a lot of the you know uh, being down south there in Miami. A lot of the uh, Cuban coffee, the real dark kind of okay. stuff that gives you a third eye, that kind of thing. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I, I used to be very big into Dunkin' yep. because I like the taste better. Right. But Starbucks is just stronger. Yes, so it is. I've, I've moved on to Starbucks, mm -hmm. and I have not I have not gone. Like I could easily drink a, like a just down a Dunkin', like, no problem. Right. But the Starbucks is, like, the first taste is, like... I learned a lot, a little something about that, too, because a lot of people just assume darker coffee is is better, is stronger, but the reality is the lighter the roast, the more caffeine. So oh. the, the breakfast blends and anything that's a light roast, uh, any, any light, that's actually got more caffeine in it, that bean, than the darker roast does. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bean grinder, too. Like, I buy the yep. beans, and then I grind them in the house, and yep. I have them. The lighter roast, more caffeine, but actually more of a jump for you. Who would have thought mm -hmm. have coffee talk on this show? Yeah, amazing. It just shows you the, the It's range, coffee talk. The range that we have yeah, Saturday Night Live. We have the range here to just do coffee, yep. beans. I mean, we really could yes. do... And I notice if you go, wow, I didn't, I got to buy some light roast coffee now. That's absolutely coffee. Damn straight. If sports never comes back and there's nothing to bet on. You could just do coffee. We can stuff. talk coffee, beans. Show beans. Best way historical to grind Historical beans, historical people who <laughs> ate the beans. Little Zambuca and beans. We can do it all, guys. Yeah, we got, got it. it. No problem. Got it. No problem. All right. Uh, uh, late yesterday, it, we finally got some resolution as to how Roger Goodell is going to be operating. And yes. Joe, it, it does look like for the NFL draft next week, as we surmised, Roger Goodell is going to be in his house mm -hmm. doing the draft. So good for him. I, yeah. I, 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 this is probably the way it has to be done. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Like, there has to be somebody that probably said to him, "Hey, look. Like, even if there's got to be somebody above him, the world. I don't know. Hey, look. If you're going to do this draft, at the very least, you have to show people that they should be home. Right? Yes, that's like, correct. I mean, 
you cannot be anywhere else. If you want, we don't agree with you doing the draft, but if you're right. going to do it, at least put out the right message that staying home is the way to be. And so, I guess from his basement or something like that, he's going to be doing the draft. I still am fascinated to see how this thing is going to look. I can't wait. I mean, maybe he's going to be, I don't know, like in a tracksuit down in his basement there and uh, paneling on the walls and everything else. And uh, How's he getting the picks, by the way? Text. Uh, I am sure there's going to be quite the setup in his basement there in order to be able to get that uh, to get that going. But uh, everyone, listen, we got over 50 some odd, um, you know, college uh, players there that are going to be on call that night there. Right. And, you know, uh, we might very well do a, a similar thing here where all the hosts and everything will be uh, coming to yeah, you right. virtually and uh, commenting all uh, night long there on the draft. So it's. It's, it's going to be interesting, but I think it's also something that we've grown accustomed to in just a, you know, in one month, right? It's, uh, first of all, I didn't realize how many people still have paneling up in their basements uh, with a lot of these shows that we watch, Good Morning America and Today, all of these things. It's like, wow, that's, is that shared carpet? My word. Um, a lot of people weren't expecting to have to be no. broadcasting from their uh, basements uh, anytime soon, I think. No, it is. It's it's fascinating to see, especially those shows that are still live too. Yes. Still, you know, yes. broadcasting from the different places that they are. It's good that you have a studio and I have mine. Yes. Like, so that was the one advantage to this. We're we're prepared to do these shows for we sure. We were ready to rock, baby. We were ready to go, and uh, right. yes, and we weren't zoom bombing anybody, so we're good to go. Not yet. Yep. Not yet. It's coming. Uh, well, your dream comes true tonight, Joe. Monday night, not Monday night. Well, Monday night football would be your dream come true, right. but instead of Monday night football. Your your show is back on tonight, apparently yes. on Fox, but produced by TMZ in some way. Uh, the Tiger King, yes. which I assumed was just going to be popping on Netflix again, and I suppose for whatever reason, it probably takes a lot of time to put that together. Right. But Fox had the wherewithal to capture the minds of everybody, which is the low-level yep. minds, I would say, of, of anybody, honestly. But uh, they're going to show the special tonight. What yes. are you looking forward to tonight, Joe, in this special edition of Tiger King? What do you want to know? Is there is there they they're like telling you it's like untold stories? Yeah, and, and things that have been footage. updated. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Never before I mean, seen this, footage. It's just going to suck us in. It's not going to be good, right? Yeah, it's probably going to be a much of what we've seen here, though. But I, I mean, listen. Last week it was hysterical that we actually there was during one of the. Uh, coronavirus um, meetings at the White House there, one of the press conferences that, that. somebody actually asked uh, the president about pardoning Joe, uh, Joe Exotic here. And, and like, that. he didn't even know what it was. And I was, I'm like this, I've never seen anything like this before. Here we are at a coronavirus meeting and the reporter actually wants to know if he'd ever consider uh, dropping uh, Joe Exotic and pardoning him. <laughs> Trump didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Like, I mean, he he said that he, like, a, I think he asked the opinion. Right. Should I? He's like, oh. Asked the question. Do you think that I should end up doing it? Oh, I was dying. I was like, here and, we go. Like, like as, as wacky as the guy was, yes. is Joe Exotic, and as bad as we feel for him, I mean, there was some shenanigans involved to the point where he did yes. essentially, at the very least, end up killing some tigers and yes. potentially... I mean, even if it's a small percentage of him yes. that got duped into a murder for hire, he still was sort of involved in all those things. He just was the stupidest guy of the bunch because he got taken advantage by these other people. Yep. So could not let it go, and that's uh, that's why grudges are never a good thing to have. Uh, you kind of just let uh, water right under the bridge, guys. Next, move on. That's uh, nothing is worth. Uh, he kind of he could have stopped a long time ago. Still would have had his uh, you know his zoo open and everything else, but nope. He just uh, could not let it go, and that's what happens when you uh, when you don't brush things off. Yeah, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll check it out tonight. Yeah, I know. You know, I'm gonna watch it. So. No, I know. Yeah. In, bet in between that, and I think that it's it's fair to say at this point, Joe is now uh, dove into the fantasy league legends historical yes. draft. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and and later this week, probably I would say uh, on our Wednesday show. Mm -hmm. We're going to go through the 2000, the year 2000 through 2009 Fantasy League Legends draft. And yep. none other than Joe Ranieri is going to have a team in this thing. Diving so, in, man. And, and so instead of taking a look at the, we'll still take a look at the first round, second round. But instead of doing just that, we'll also be able to break down this team that you're going to be participating with. Yes. This is going to be a lot. I'm looking forward to this a lot here. So it's uh, Nothing the that 2000s. we can bet on here. 
No, no, no. Side no. bets, maybe some that's side a, bets. Oh, you know that's coming, absolutely. And then we got the simulations coming up, so we got uh, plenty of exciting uh, stuff coming down the uh, the pike here. Certainly from a fantasy perspective. Right, we do. All right, um, as we kind of wrap things up here, I, I know that everyone's looking for different things to watch and mm -hmm. and different, you know, just kind of binge watching experiences on TV. Is there any? Is there any shows out there, Joe? That this the question I get asked the most is that what show should I watch? And then the mm. second most is that which one is watchable all over again? And Ooh. so I kind of wanted Oof. to bring up a couple of different shows. Okay. Uh, the, the Office is one mm -hmm. that I think that you could watch those all over again if you had to. Right. Another one is, for, is uh, my daughter watches Friends. I can't watch that, but I'll bring it up. Okay. Uh, again, I can't do Friends all over again. I did it once, not doing it again. Uh, okay. Seinfeld is the other one. Yes. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay, if you haven't, yes, absolutely. Cheers. Classic. But I think I stopped there. No, well, those are all classic. I can't do Game of Thrones again. I can't do no. Breaking Bad again. I tried. I, I, I don't know. No. Like, I know how it all ends up. So it's Yeah, just, no. No, you... It, it's harder to binge shows where, you, where it's a mysterious show where you know what the ending is because it kind of ruins the whole idea of waiting for that climax of the show. That's it? correct. Yeah, and that's the, and that the, that's, the, that's the problem with it because everything that would have been that you got excited about or, or were like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Um, yeah, that's the problem. You know it's coming. And I also thought, too, I mean, uh, I'm almost done with Ozark, too, and I would definitely recommend that people... That's a good first-time watch. Yeah, if you got a, if you haven't done it, that's three, um, three seasons right there that you can bang out here over the next uh, week or so that you will thoroughly enjoy, by the way. Yeah, the, the other, the movies that I could watch, uh, you know, look, sports movies, there's a lot of them that I could watch. Of course. Again. But for some reason, I can watch a lot of the Quentin Tarantino movies again, even yeah, though I've seen favorite. them so many times. I just, yep. uh, I just watched uh, Django Unchained again. I think mm -hmm. I watched that. And yep, of course, classic. In Reservoir Dogs is on yep. like all the time, so I can watch those as well. Yep. So. Yep. And if you have Amazon uh, Prime, there is a uh, there's a new uh, series out called, and I believe it's Foot Fist Way. And um, you remember Down and Out uh, with Danny McBride? Yes. Remember? Yeah, well, this is his uh, latest um, okay. foray, and it's just as crazy as, as that okay. was. And it's, uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and I caught the go. first that. Check it out. It is hilarious. If you like Danny McBride, he's... I do. You're going to love yeah. it. Yep, you're going to yeah, love he's it. He's pounding down. Yep. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this show. You can binge us anytime you want. Just yeah. pop open sportsgrid.com or go over to YouTube and subscribe to our show. We've got our own network here, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, broadcasting mm -hmm. on fantasy sports, reality sports, gambling, anything that you could possibly want. Make sure you like and subscribe to our shows. And if you please would turn on the notifications, we'll let you know when a new show pops up on sports. Yep. For my co-host, Joe Ranieri, I am Craig Mish. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow morning on Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And hope you enjoy the rest of your day or night wherever you're watching this show. And we'll speak to you again soon. Have a great night, everybody. See you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.